Hey everyone, welcome to The Geek Awaken, where the talk is geekier than going to Ikea to re- recreate living rooms from your favorite TV shows. <laughs> I'm Mitch, and joining me tonight is Matt, Hello. Tabitha, Hello. and Lydia. Hi. And that's like a real thing. I don't know if you guys have seen this, but um, in the, I think it's just in the uh, United Arab Emirates of uh, Ikea, they have different rooms for Friends, Stranger Things, and The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's, really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. That's what The Simpsons looks like. Um, Friends. Uh, okay. Okay. And Stranger Things is up top. Yeah. No Friends frame of reference. No. You've never seen Friends? Never one episode. Really? Wow. Wow. Does that, what part of that show looks like something I would enjoy? No, I'm not. That's fair. That's very <laughs> true. Fair. I just, I don't know. I, gotta, I thought that like everyone had seen that show. At least one episode. Exactly. I've seen the last 15 minutes of the last episode. I think it's the last episode. Spoilers. When she got somebody's, off the plane. No, somebody has a, like twins or some shit. I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> Is that about oh, the last episode? I don't know if it was the last. I don't remember. I don't remember. Anyway. <laughs> Speaking of shows we have, have or have not seen, I can officially say I've seen two whole episodes of Game of Thrones, guys. Ooh. Yay. <laughs> and? I mean, I'll watch the rest of it, yeah. <laughs> it's a There's a lot of nudity. I was not expecting quite that much. <laughs> well, it's on HBO. Yeah. <laughs> Like, HBO, like, looks for reasons, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, HBO's like, naked. you don't really need to be naked right now, but go ahead and let's just see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> anyway. So this is a wonderful segue. So if, if you like conversations like that, um, <laughs> be sure to subscribe to us on Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean, iTunes, or Google Play. Uh, any questions, comments, or concerns, like um, why you guys are so obsessed with nudity and HBO, um, <laughs> shoot us an email at thegeekawakenspodcast at gmail.com. So, uh, we're actually we were just talking about this before we uh, started recording, but next week we're going to have our second installment of Guilty Pleasure or Dumpster Fire. Uh, we'll be taking a look at the 1997 classic, Batman and Robin, uh, starring George Clooney, Chris O'Donnell, uh, Alicia Silverstone, Uma Thurma. Uma Therma? Uma Thermos? Uma Thurman. <laughs> and, and Arnold Schwarzenegger. I could get Schwarzenegger just fine. But Thurman, Thurman apparently is an issue. It's because it comes after Uma. Yes. I guess I would just sing that song enough that it's not a problem for me anymore. What song? Fall Out Boy. Yeah. Oh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> First thing I want to talk about tonight, um, and actually I didn't share this with you guys, uh, not on purpose, I just, I saw this after I posted my stories and forgot to tell you. Excuses, excuses. I know. So, starting next week on June 5th, going through July 17th, if you're in the St. Louis area, uh, the St. Louis Public Library is presenting the 5th Annual uh, Comics University. Workshops and classes are going to take place from 7 to 8.30 at Central Library. AM or PM? PM. (laughs) Fair question. That, yeah, no, that, uh, that is a fair question. Um, so, on June 5th, it's going to be uh, Comics and the Book Industry, presented by Wendy Zhu. Uh, June 12th, Comics 101, presented by Dan uh, Yesbick. June 19th, Figure Drawing, presented by Steens. Uh, nice. June 26th, Comics for Young Readers, presented by Jill Gerber. Uh, July 10th, Storyboarding and Comics, presented by Barry Crane. And finally, July 17th, uh, Afrofuturism uh, and Comics... Academics, presented by John Jennings. A lot of words. There are a lot of words there. Sounds cool. Yeah. Um, so you get um, you get a card when you start, uh, when you do this. And for every class you attend, 
that card guarantees 10% off of a full price comic the night of that class at Star Clipper. Um, which uh, I've been to Star Clipper a couple times when I've been to mm-hmm. St. Louis. It's I, like in the loop or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's a really cool place. Is it? Yes. Yeah. Um, if you attend all the classes and you get six punches, you get a certificate of completion, a $10 gift card to Star Clipper, and a Comics University 2019 t shirt. Nice. Nice. That sounds fun. Yeah. Like, I'm just bummed that I work every Wednesday night. Otherwise, <laughs> make that a thing. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. I'm just drive St. Louis every week. Yeah. Be fun. So, so yeah, if you're in that area, um, definitely uh, check that out. So, um, Matt, we're going to switch topics and go to uh, Akira. So, this is a project that has been tossed around, thought about, rumored for, God, I don't even know how long, for years. Um, and Warner Brothers, just this past week, has confirmed that they are indeed doing a live-action feature... Uh, it has a release date of May 21st, 2021. It is going to be directed by Taika Watiti, which has kind of been one of the biggest problems with this entire project, as long as they've been talking about it, is getting a director to stick. The list of directors have been attached to this are, it is long and glorious. It really is. Um, but it's right now, they are projecting it to be two films um, because the... Anime was based on six volumes of manga, so it's going to be split into two films for, you know, three films for the first, or three books for the first, three books for the second. Um, and long story short, if you don't know what, um, and I believe it's actually pronounced Akira. Fine. Akira? Whatever. Um, it is set in a future city environment called New Manhattan, which in the original it's New Tokyo, Neo Tokyo. Uh, the sci-fi epic follows the leader of a biker gang who must save his friend who has been experimented on by the government, causing him to develop dangerous and destructive psychokinetic powers. Uh, they've already lined up to film in California. They got a big old tax break to film there. So um, it looks like, like I said, you know, long rumored, we're finally going to get this. Um, I don't watch a whole lot of anime, but I have seen Akira. I own a copy. It's phenomenal. I absolutely love it. So if they can do this justice live action, it's going to be amazing. Yeah, and and clearly, if I can't pronounce it right, I don't really know that much about <laughs> it. But uh, <laughs> but the uh, the synopsis, I mean, it, it does sound interesting. It's something that like I uh, I'll definitely kind of keep my uh, my eye towards. You know, as we get closer to twenty twenty one. Yeah, the way those psychokinetic powers manifest in the anime is. It's frightening, it's gruesome, it's kind of scary, it's monstrous. Um, so it's really kind of all the interesting things to go along with that sci-fi setting. So Nice. We're going to go ahead and get started with Gut Reaction. Uh, the first one, and I'm not really entirely sure why I put it in Gut Reaction, but, you know, whatever, because I, I have a feeling I already know how everybody's going to respond. Um, so You think that, and then we'll surprise you. Well... Probably not. <laughs> right. So, uh, Alex Trebek spoke with uh, People Magazine to give a uh, update on his uh, cancer treatments, and he is in near remission. Um, the cancer has a 9% survival rate, but he's been responding well to chemotherapy. Uh, the doctors said that they haven't seen this kind of positive result in their memory, uh, and that some of the tumors have already shrunken by more than 50%. Wow. So, awesome. Um, he still has more to go before he gets to full remission, but that's where it's looking. Um Obviously, it's a big thumbs up for me. Um, 
it's incredible. You know, <laughs> absolutely. Like, that's really all I have to say about it. But, uh, Lydia, absolutely thumbs up. I think it's awesome that he's doing so well with this and being so strong about it. Yeah, definitely. Thumbs up, Alex Trebek needs to live forever. Yes, <laughs> forever, ever, forever, ever. Matt, <laughs> <laughs> definitely a thumbs up. It's always nice. It, cancer is just a horrible disease, anyways. And when you get somebody that can that is such a public figure that is able to fight through it and to come back, like it looks like he's going to, even better. So thumbs up, um, Matt. Let's switch gears and talk about Swamp Thing. So we got a trailer for Swamp Thing, which kind of crazy that this is really the first full trailer we've gotten for Swamp Thing, considering mm-hmm. it debuts on DC Universe uh, tomorrow. Or today, depending. Today, well, or kind of, yesterday. yesterday. I mean, it really kind of depends on when you listen to okay. this. Okay, well, the 31st. May 31st <laughs> is when it debuts. Just get that out of the way. Um, it's produced by Len Wiseman, who did Sleepy Hollow. Sweepy? Sweepy Hollow? <laughs> the Hollow is so sweepy. <laughs> <laughs> That's the children's version. Oh. <laughs> like Teddy, Teddy. Oh my! He's not a headless horseman. He's just a snackless horseman. <laughs> <laughs> like that, that Snickers commercial, the horseless headsman. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, but Len Weissman is also directing a pilot. Uh, the Flash's Derek Mears is going to be playing the title role. This trailer looks. Dark and creepy. I don't know a whole lot about Swamp Thing. He's never been one of those characters I've really followed, other than the fact that I kind of know who he is. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know. I think this looks really cool. Um, it, it, like I said, it looks dark. It looks creepy. I'm going to go thumbs up for the trailer. I'm giving it a thumbs sideways. It, uh, it looks cool, and I would like to be proven wrong on this one, but it just didn't do a whole lot for me, Lydia. I'm also going to go with them sideways. It looks interesting, but there was a lot of, like, kind of cliche, like, horror tropes thrown in there. And it just doesn't seem like it would be my kind of movie anyway, so I'm just going to go with them sideways and leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with them sideways just because I agree with Lydia. It looks a little tropey for what we're getting into. Like, oh, the girl comes back to the hometown and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> but um, it looks dark. And, like, way more ominous than I was kind of thinking it was going to. Honestly, part of me thought it was they were going to be trying too hard, so I'm going to go thumb sideways. Um, Tabitha, let's talk about um, the girl who named Pluto. And before you start, uh, when I first um, saw this story, I didn't see who. I thought the book was called The Girl Named Pluto, and I thought it was going to be a completely different <laughs> book. Like, it still sounds interesting, but... Let's talk about the actual one. Um, so there's a book coming out by Alice B. McGintney, and it's going to be illustrated by Elizabeth Hadel. Um, it's about Venetia Burney of Oxford, England, who happened to be eating breakfast with her grandfather, who was an Oxford University librarian, when he told her about the fact that someone had discovered a planet beyond Neptune, and they were calling it Planet X, and she said, why not call it Pluto? Because Neptune, Pluto, I'm not going into it. He made some calls and got a hold of the um, assistant, the astronomy assistant in Arizona, where they first saw the planet and said, hey, my granddaughter had a great idea, named planet Pluto. And they're like, oh, that is a great idea. Thanks. So now we have a planet named Pluto. Um, She was 11. It's okay. You know what? I thought it got its status back. 
Pluto will forever be a planet. I don't care who says what. Agreed. Mm. Leave Pluto alone. But <laughs> this book coming out is called The Girl Who Named Pluto, The Story of Venetia Burney. Um, it's a picture book for children. I'm going thumbs up because I didn't know this. I like learning things. <laughs> um, all four historical children's books. Also, the like really vin- like historical vintage like graphic art style of this book looks phenomenal. So, yeah. Big thumbs up for Venetia and Pluto. Because it's still a planet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going thumbs up as well. I think this is awesome. This is... this seems reminiscent to me of a lot of the things that we've gotten from Lion Forge. Um, and these are the kinds of things that are needed, I think, in, in today's world. And uh, like Tabitha said, I didn't know this story. So, you know, bonus for teaching me something new. Yeah, thumbs up. Same. I had no idea that this, you know, that this is how Pluto got its name. Um, and it sounds like it sounds like a fun story. And yeah, it'll, it sounds like, yeah. Lydia. <laughs> I also didn't know this, but that's adorable, and this sounds like a really cool, like, little thing to read about, so mm-hmm. I'm going thumbs up because it just sounds so cute. So, um, I think we talked about how this was going to be a thing, but that Marvel was still teasing it, but, um, but we hadn't really talked about how, um, later this summer Marvel Comics is putting out Marvel Comics 1000. Mm-hmm. As a actual complete and total ripoff of like Action Comics 1000 mm-hmm. and Detective Comics 1000, I'm totally on board with the idea, but come up with a different name. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I digress. So, um, Marvel put out an image from a uh, like it's a variant cover for um, for Marvel Comics 1000, and it's a collage art of covers um, from a lot of different Marvel comics throughout the years. Okay. Only thing is. Um, in that collage is um, a scene from DC Comics Earth 2. What? Yeah. Um, it's um, Earth 2's version of Alan Scott, who is Green Lantern, and his boyfriend at the time. Um, yeah. Like, and they were like, and they were kissing. Uh, my guess, and I've heard other people say this, there are um, two Marvel characters who both kind of look like that, and so that's probably what happened. They weren't, you know, the person who put this collage together wasn't really paying attention. Um, but Twitter user um, Symbiobro pointed this out, and um, the the designer for the comic, uh, Mr. Garson, just said that, uh, tweeted, he said, I usually use comics for my collages, but a few times, 5%, I get pictures from the internet. Unfortunately, my mistake comes from here. Sorry, my English is bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. I gotta give this a thumbs down. I mean, not only for the name, because again, Marvel Comics 1000, I, I say all this, I'm completely gonna buy this, but whatever. Um, <laughs> but also, like, I get it, like, if you guys haven't seen the collage, like, there's a lot going on there, but do your research? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lydia? Yeah, I'm also gonna go thumbs down, because I, I feel like even if you're just kind of half-assing your job, you should say more attention than that. <laughs> Yeah. Why is no one like continuity in editing anything anymore? Are we just not doing that? No, because people don't care. Is that not a thing? Like we got cups in Game of Thrones, we got bottles in Downton Abbey, and now we've got DC and Marvel. Like, why is no one paying attention? <laughs> <laughs> Thumbs down. That yeah, I, I have to agree. Like, who is editing these things? Like, do your research. Like, check your images, especially if you do something that prolific. Like. Mm-hmm. You, you gotta 
you got to double check those things. It's just it's what you have to do if you're going to like create something like that. And also thumbs down for the name. Stop. Stop repeating. Yeah. Stop you trying know. to make that happen. Yeah, <laughs> it's not going to happen. <laughs> well, that's the thing with it too, and not to not to keep going with it, but like you know, like with action and detective comics, they were named number one thousand because they were the one thousandth issue. This yeah. is the one thousandth issue of Marvel comics in general because they're they've had way more than that. Yeah, but anyway, um, speaking of DC, <laughs> um, so we've talked we we talked last week I think about how Tom King is officially off of Batman mm-hmm. come issue eighty five, but in January um, he is going to be writing a a twelve issue miniseries uh, with Batman and Catwoman to kind of tie up his uh, his storyline. I'm giving you give that a thumbs up because it not only um, when when they're doing this they're going to Take Batman, which right now is shipping twice monthly, to just going to once a month, mm-hmm. which is wonderful for my pocketbook. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, but yeah, so thumbs up because again, like I I've been vested in this story and I want to see it play out. Lydia, thumbs up. I like the idea of giving him the chance to kind of conclude mm-hmm. whatever he was working on before. Definitely. Yeah, thumbs up. You, the stop of things was just kind of more abrupt. I think than it needed to be. So, Matt. Yeah, I'm definitely going thumbs up because, I mean, he had an idea for a 100-issue arc. He's stopping at 85. This gives him 12 more. Almost gives you that full 100 um, to maybe actually realize that whole story that he had in mind. And, yeah, like you and I talked about before with the whole Batman Catwoman wedding. um, Like, I enjoyed that arc and how that played out. So how that continues, I want to see how that finishes up. Um, Matt, let's go down to uh, Brazil. Talk Dungeons and Dragons. (laughs) So, as a kid, Dungeons and Dragons, the cartoon, was... It was a huge part of my my growing up. Um, My dad and I watched it every Saturday morning. Um, I own the DVDs of this cartoon. Um, But it has been made into a live-action remake. As part of a Reynolds commercial in Brazil. Um, apparently Dungeons & Dragons is still huge, huge, huge thing in Brazil. So they did this for Brazil. It's a two-minute long commercial. It's CGI. It's full makeup. It's action. It's just like the cartoon, but live action. It's fantastic. It's kind of silly that, yes, they all hop into a car. Um <laughs> And they drive away to escape the bad guy. The the super reminiscent part of me is when the commercial ends and they all get out of the car. They're in an amusement park, which is how they get to the world in the cartoon. So to step back to that at the end of the commercial is just absolutely phenomenal. I'm very enthusiastic. Thumbs up on this. I think it's fantastic. Uh, I didn't get a chance to watch the commercial, but uh, but yeah, it... it... On the one hand, like they're doing too much with this, but at, the same time, <laughs> but at the same time, it sounds awesome, and especially like they released a trailer for the commercial, mm-hmm. and also like character posters and everything. Yep. Like, okay, fine, <laughs> thumbs up, Lydia. Okay, I'll, I'm probably gonna break her. I didn't know there was a Dungeons and Dragons oh, cartoon. It's so fantastic. All I knew was like the role playing. I mean, board it's super game, cheesy, whatever but it's you want to awesome. call it. Did not know that, but. Like, all of that just sounds like a whole lot of fun, and yeah, thumbs up. 
Yeah, huge thumbs up. When I stumbled across this online, I was like, I don't know. I feel like I'm being trolled. <laughs> <laughs> so I opened it and looked at it. I'm like, I am not being trolled. This is phenomenal. Thumbs up. <laughs> um, Tabitha, let's try to catch Pokemon in our sleep. Uh, yeah. So... <laughs> On Wednesday, uh, the Pokemon Company unveiled a new app called Pokemon Sleep. And while we don't have a lot of details, we do know that it will track the time that players spend sleeping and when they wake up. Um, those will have some kind of effect on whatever the gameplay of this is. Um, the app will come with an external device that's going to track your sleep. So I'm assuming it's like, like, a, wrist a, like a wrist wrap or something. Do you know? So from what I read, it's basically... Another Pokemon Go Plus, which was just like the little wrist thing that tracked your walking and stuff. Basically, it sounds like they're just trying to sell more things to you. Yeah, sounds like it. (laughs) Um, Their their goal is to turn sleeping into entertainment. (laughs) (laughs) I need it to be over. Thumbs down. Stop it. It Just just let people sleep. (laughs) Matt, I mean, dreams are entertainment in your sleep. So why do you need a game? I don't know. Ask the Pokemon company. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't understand the reason for this other than, yes, to sell Mm -hmm. kids more things. More things for them to put on their Christmas list that their parents won't buy. Thumbs down. (laughs) Well, I'm sure that uh, that is their main purpose is getting people to buy more things. But at the same time, this might be, you know, like Pokemon trying to... um, curtail people from playing the game like too much which is actually it's gonna be something like we're gonna talk about a little bit but um but at so on on that end i can see like okay i can kind of see where you're coming from but at the same time like pokemon company you're doing way too much here thumbs down lydia yeah so like like i said i read that the, the thing that bugs me about the thing that they're uh-huh. like selling they didn't even come up with an original name it's pokemon go plus plus what stop that <laughs> If you're gonna do something like this, at least at least make it compatible with like something like a Fitbit that already tracks your sleep. Like, come on, you don't need to go to the all the extra effort of making another product. Although it did amuse me that Pokemon Go had an event with sleeping Snorlax that you can catch in the wild <laughs> to basically announce this game. So that's amusing, but overall, no, stop this. Thumbs down. <laughs> so. Square Enix is going to uh, unveil the uh, Avengers game, which has been um, in the works since January 2017. Uh, they're going to uh, reveal it at um, their uh, E3 2019 press briefing. Uh, briefing? I don't know how I pronounced it that first time, but it was not it was right. Not, they didn't have enough letters. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that will come on June 10th. Uh, it's going to start at about 8 p.m. our time. Uh, but yeah, so there's... There's not a whole lot. Uh, they don't really know if it's going to take place, like, when in the timeline, where it's going to take place, or right. even if it's going to tie in to the At MCU. All. Um, I'll go ahead, like, I, I know that a lot of people have been waiting for this. I'll go ahead and give it a thumbs up. Lydia? I'm all about more information for new games, so thumbs up. <laughs> yeah, like you said, I know people have been waiting for this for a hot second, so thumbs up for it actually coming to some kind of fruition. Matt? I'm definitely giving this a thumbs up because, I mean, you have a tried-and-true publisher, Square Enix, finally behind, you know, a comic book movie video game um, that sounds, as much as we don't know about it, having that kind of publishing power behind it 
um, for a gaming company. Hopefully this pans out as, as everybody wants it to, so thumbs up. Side thought on that. Hopefully they don't do what they basically did with Final Fantasy VII Remake and announce it and be like, oh, look, here's all this shiny stuff that you're going to get and then take four years to even <laughs> give you a full trailer. Especially when we've already been waiting two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully not. Yeah. Up your game, Square Enix. Come on. <laughs> so, so Chris Hemsworth talked with uh, Variety and said that he would still love to do more Thor. Um, at, you know, his, uh, his character kind of... Ended up up in the air after Endgame, um, but he says he doesn't know what the plan is, but he's, uh, he says, quote, I feel like we've opened up a uh, such a different character. I feel more energized for the possibility of where it could go, uh, but I'll use that in other places and other characters if it's the end here. Um, yeah, thumbs up, um, especially um, after Ragnarok. I mean, we, we saw a different Thor, uh, and yeah, I'd like to... I'd for sure like to see that, especially if he ends up being part of the Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm. Uh, Lydia? Thumbs up. I've always liked to miss Thor, so yeah. If you could get more out of it, that'd be great. Tabitha? I only want Thor back if he still has chubby Thor body. <laughs> so thumbs sideways. <laughs> <laughs> Matt? I have always enjoyed Thor. Uh, uh, Chris, Hemsworth, Chris Hemsworth as Thor. Um, the opportunity to see him like play continue to play Thor, considering that we have spoilers, lost both Cap and Iron Man. I I think it's great. Especially yes. As much as I am in the minority and I don't care for Ragnarok, I like how in Infinity War and Endgame the character kind of came full circle. It was kind of a, a meshing of where the character had been. Um, and I you know, there's definitely places for him to still go as far as a character arc. Uh, so, Sonic the Hedgehog has been pushed back. Uh, the new release date is February 14th, 2020, just in time for Valentine's Day. Um, and, uh... I feel the, like there's a ring joke there. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, director Jeff Fowler tweeted out, he says, uh, taking a little more time to make Sonic just right. Hashtag no FX artists were harmed in the making of this movie. I'm giving this a thumbs up. Because they're taking the time to get it right. I'm giving it a thumbs down because this basically kills my tinfoil hat conspiracy theory. <laughs> <laughs> thumbs up for them being like, okay, we decided to make these changes. We should actually give the people time to work on it properly rather than making them work extra time and no sleep. <sighs> Tabitha. Yeah, I mean, obviously this needed some help. So <laughs> I'm glad they're taking the time to... Maybe. Give it the attention it needs. <laughs> More help and less teeth. Yeah. Oh, oh God. Less <laughs> <laughs> <Watch> teeth. Give me goosebumps. Thumbs down for this killing Mitch's tinfoil hat idea. I'm really sad about that. Um, but definitely thumbs up that they're like they've they've taken this to heart and they're gonna like take the time to try and do it right. So we got a chance to read a couple of things. Um, first one was from Vault. It's uh, Queen of Bad Dreams number two. Um, did anybody else get a chance to? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, cool. What did you guys think about it? I love this series. I want more. <laughs> so, um, and I guess before we get into it a little bit, um, we should probably fill people in. So it centers around um, basically two characters. Uh, there's uh, kind of like a detective, but uh, a daughter who is... Basically, she's tracking down this person, uh, well, kind of a person, uh, Ava, who 
used to be part of somebody's dream, but has mm-hmm. escaped. So, um, but in this issue, she uh, decides to not really betray her work, but but more to focus on helping this dream figment. So, um, but yeah, so Lydia, you said you're, you're really enjoy, enjoying it. I am. It's kind of a different take than a lot of like comic stories give you. And I love like dream worlds and stuff like that, where you actually kind of dive into this. So for them to be like, oh, this actually escaped from somebody's head. We need to go track it down. I love this idea. And I like that she's kind of taking a step back and being like, okay, I need to help the person slash figment first and then worry about maybe incarcerating them later. So, uh, I know when we talked about issue number one, I know, Tabitha, you had not an issue, uh, no pun intended, but um, <laughs> but uh, with kind of being dropped in the middle of the story. Yeah. Did issue two kind of help that at all? Not really. Um, <laughs> I like the I like the idea of this. I don't think a comic book format was its best hope. Um, this would have been an excellent science fiction novel. They could have been like fleshed out. But as a comic, you're not giving me enough to make this world feel legitimate, even with the art, for me to f- be able to completely and totally follow the story. I read issue number two and felt completely lost. And then I realized after looking at issue one that I had missed reading issue one. Um, and I kind of skimmed through issue one after reading issue two, so kind of backtracking. Um, and I I still feel kind of... Like, I love the idea. I do. But I feel like I'm a little lost at all of what's going on. Like, I don't quite have enough information. Like, they, they give you nuggets of it to, to kind of pull you in. Um, but at least at this moment, I'm still a little lost at kind of the whole, the, the grand picture, the grand scheme of things. Yep. And I think because the, um, and, and the character's name is escaping me right now, but basically, like, this this story, it's narrated by Daher's ex-wife, mm-hmm. who is telling this story to their child. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of feel like this is one of those books where it's like, they're giving you the information when they think you need it. Right. You know? Um, I agree with you. I, I, I would like to... I'd like to know all the information, you know, going into it. But at the same time, like, I, I do like where it's going. I am a little worried um, that the, uh, just because of the way that, you know, she's talking to her daughter about, about Daher, like, I, I wonder if Daher's going to bite, bite the dust. Mm. That's the my assumption. Yeah. Um, Usually when a story is told like that, the person that is the interconnecting person from the person telling the story, mm-hmm. the person they're telling, they're dead. Yeah. And especially because, like, <laughs> and and I don't know off the top of my head if it if it's every time, but I feel like there were a few instances where she's being referred to in the past tense. Mm-hmm. Maybe she dies, or maybe she gets thrown in jail for, like, a life because she's helping Ava. Mm-hmm. Or she gets sucked into a dream and she just becomes a figment. That's maybe. True. Maybe. <clears throat> so. See, there's other possibilities besides death. There is. It's just usually done. <laughs> just like the poor frog. Oh! oh. Too soon, like Too that. soon. Uh, inside joke, because I really don't want to relive that story right now. <laughs> oh. uh, so, Queen of Bad Dreams number two uh, came out yesterday. So, um, so yeah, so definitely uh, check that out again. If you're if you're into that type of um, other world mm-hmm. dream sequence thing, 
Speaking of um, other world stuff, we got to read from uh, from Oni Press. Uh, Rick and Morty presents Volume One. I am I am a casual fan of Rick and Morty at best. I've seen a few episodes here and there. I know kind of what's going on, which is a good thing because it is kind of one of those shows yeah. that you can just watch whenever. Like, there's not any kind of continuity, or there is, but yeah, yeah, but um. And so that's kind of what this was, and admittedly, I didn't get a chance to read the entire thing. I only got about halfway through, uh, but this is actually, it's comprised of four different um, four different stories. I enjoyed what I read. You know, it's especially, um, especially the first one, which was totally ripping on, you know, uh, reboots of comic books and things like that. It really, that one truly felt like an episode, I was like reading an episode of Rick and Morty. But uh, what what did you guys think? I love Rick and Morty. I have loved Rick and Morty since Rick and Morty came on TV. Like, it's just, it's phenomenal. It's smart, dumb humor that I can appreciate <laughs> and not have to think about. And that's exactly what this was, too. I agree with you. That first issue, or that first whatever story that was in the volume was, it was literally like sitting down and watching an episode of Rick and Morty. And it was phenomenal. Like, you got, you know, you have the good, like, toilet humor and all that mm. stuff but at the same time you're like on this adventure and it's just quippy and funny and gross and I just my 15 year old boy loves Rick and Morty so. <laughs> <laughs> what about you guys I didn't get to read the whole thing and I am I guess slightly more than a casual fan um, that I started watching after season three was out and everybody was like clamoring for season four or whatever. Um, so I've seen roughly half of the show. Um, I'm like part of the way into season two and it kind of, I'm not going to lie. It kind of took me until the beginning of season two to really start to appreciate Rick and Morty for the kind of humor that it is. And that, yeah, I have to agree a hundred percent that that first story is definitely like an episode. Um, and I definitely, I did enjoy the second one. I have to finish the rest of it, but Crumbopulous Michael has always been an intriguing character to me. So to get a little bit more of his story was kind of fun. And he really, really likes to kill things. He does really <laughs> like to kill things. And he has no morals either. <laughs> I didn't get to read a whole lot of it. I kind of was trying to cram everything in last minute before I came over here. Uh, I think I got about 10 pages in. And yeah, it, it's like reading an episode. It's really great. I can't wait to go back and read more of it, actually. So yeah, so that also came out uh, came out yesterday. So be on the lookout for that, um, Matt. Let's talk about uh, the World Health Organization and their interesting diagnosis. I guess <laughs> they made a diagnosis. So the World Health Organization <clears throat> has adopted a new revised. <clears throat> they're calling it International Statistical Classification of Diseases and Related Health Problems. Right. That's way too many words. I know. It is. Basically, an all-encompassing list of diseases and related health problems, as it says. Um, <laughs> but they go through and every once in a while update um, parts of it. And they added this year to the new the new one that they adopted um, a gaming disorder uh, listed as addicted addictive behavior. It, it follows in... The actual document, like right behind um, gambling disorder, and he uses a lot of the same terminology, uses the same a lot of the same words. So instead of saying gambling, it says gaming, basically the same idea. 
I guess the thing to keep in mind here is that the reason that the World Health Organization does this is for purposes of research, healthcare management and billing, and clinical treatment. So it kind of helps give doctors, not just in the United States, the world, obviously, a kind of a basis um, and a, a, <coughs> a tool to go back and look at, you know, these diseases, if you will. Basically, the reason they did it, though, is it because it says those are the gaming disorder may show, quote, impaired control over gaming, increasing priority given to gaming to the extent that gaming takes precedence over other life interests and daily activities and continuation or escalation of gaming despite the occurrence of negative consequences, which does very much fit the idea of a gambling disorder, or gambling behavior. And the World Health Organization is obviously very well renowned but uh it's it's drawn some ire in both the internet world and you know the gaming world as well they just they're trying to do this to be helpful i guess if you will but um like i said some of the the industry associations have kind of come out and are fighting it almost to the point where they're just saying that the World Health Organization reached their decision without the consensus of the academic community, which in some ways is part of the reason that this is in this new document is for research purposes. Um, but they said that there is a significant debate among medical and, medical and professionals about uh, the World Health Organization's action. We are concerned that they reach their conclusion without the consensus of the academic community. The consequences of today's action should be could be far-reaching, unintended, and to the detriment of those in need of genuine help. Um, they continue to say that we encourage health, encourage and support healthy gameplay by providing information and tools such as parental controls that empower billions of people around the world to manage their play to ensure it remains enjoyable and enriching. So, I mean, the... The gaming community kind of does have a point, you know, that, um, I mean, they have monitored themselves for the most part. I mean, there's a rating system that is completely self-imposed. I think some of the people are upset because they feel like this is law, but it's not. Yeah. Um, that was the other thing that was mentioned in the article was that, um, you know, this isn't law by any means, but it can influence policymakers. And I think that's part of what people has people upset about this. Yeah. What I don't quite understand about this, because like, like you said, the the language for this for for the gaming disorder is almost word for word the same as gambling mm -hmm. disorder, and there are a lot of other things that you can be addicted to that have these same you know um, symptoms, I guess. Yeah. You know? So why why are they singling out gaming? Why not, you know, why not restructure, you know, like the, the gambling disorder or whatever, rename that to encompass? Because, I mean, I do understand where they're coming from to a certain extent. Yeah. Part of the reason why I don't play games is because that would be me. You know, there, there have been times where, where I would because, like, you know, like my brother had a PlayStation and, uh, you know, a couple of other things. I had a Wii for a little bit. And there were plenty of times where, like, I was up just, like, all hours of the night, like, just, like. <laughs> Complete just, disregard yeah, for exactly. everything else. And, and that would be me, you know? So, like. I to to an extent I understand where they're coming mm -hmm. from. You know, uh, do I think they're do, going too far with it? Yeah, I think you know. I think like I said, you could restructure you know the gambling disorder, rename it, 
and say, you know, that, you know, video games doesn't, you know, include that. Yeah. You know, and like I said, plenty of other things just off the top of my head that I can think of that, that again, just encompasses your life. Yeah. I think they did it for, I mean, you have to think about even, look at the DSM, what are we on, six, five? Um, <laughs> sorry. Um, every time something new pops up, psychologically, mental disorder, whatever, even if it's slightly different than something that's listed before it, if it's a different twist on things, if someone, you know, uncovers um, something that might affect somebody a little differently or whatever, the DSM, the DSM has to be updated. And I think mm. this is basically the same thing. Like, you, once something new comes out, you have to have a diagnosis for it. You have to have a label for yeah. it, mostly for insurance purposes, insurance and billing purposes, because give people 10 minutes, they're going to be trying to get disability because they have a gaming addiction, so they can stay home and game all the time. Like, that's what's going to happen. They have to have yeah. a label. Like, even, you know, you have your 5 million different types of, schizophrenia and every time that something new comes up and someone else has something that they've discovered or they found somebody with something they have to go in and amend that to include that new thing to keep it updated yeah. i think this is basically the same thing and they will probably don't have a lot of information yet because it's still obviously really new so using the same wording as the gambling one gives them probably a placeholder give them a few years and they'll probably have an updated you know definition I kind of understand that, but the way they just basically copy-pasted it from the gambling thing almost makes it sound like it's just more fodder for the war against loot boxes and things like that in games, which is becoming a big problem, which I won't get into that. That's a whole other argument I don't want to have right now. Um, get down off your loot box. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Right. Um, <laughs> She's thinking real hard uh, about that bell right now. I know she is. <laughs> but, yeah, I feel like if they were going to come up with a diagnosis for this, they could have done a better job of giving it its own labels rather than just being like, oh, it's the same thing as gambling. It's In a lot of ways, it's not. So if you're going to try to make it about gaming addiction, make it about that. Don't make it about the purchases you make in a game don't make it about whatever just if you're gonna do it do it properly yeah so um speaking of not doing things properly uh tabitha what did moby do guys <laughs> <laughs> i was so scandalized by this last night part one who knew moby was still a thing um literally, literally my notes say moby who evidently still exists um, <laughs> has canceled his book tour because evidently Moby, who still exists, also wrote a book. Um, he posted on his Instagram that he was going to go away for a while, so that looks super <laughs> ominous. And everyone is like, you, where have you, what do you mean you're going somewhere? Haven't you been somewhere this whole time? Um, and then his website said he was canceling all his upcoming public appearances for the foreseeable future because that book that Moby wrote called Then It Fell Apart, which sounds like the perfect title for a book about Moby, um, has three chapters during which Moby recounts a brief relationship with Natalie Portman, who would have been 18 at the time when he was 33. At least Nat she was 18. Yeah. yeah, at least she was 18. But then Natalie Portman turned around and was like, I'm surprised to hear that he characterized the very short time I knew him as dating, because my recollection is a much older man being creepy with me when I had just graduated high school. <laughs> so... Natalie Portman with the clap back. 
Um, apparently, his publisher did no fact checking before they allowed this book to go to, to go to print. They were like, "Man, Moby says it; it's probably true." That's good. Actually, however, um, he made an Instagram post with a picture of them, which has been deleted. Him and Natalie Portman, and was the the caption was basically like, "We dated." See, and- <laughs> because that's totally proof right there. But you missed the best part. In the picture, Moby was shirtless. Moby oh, was shirtless, what? and Natalie Portman looks super uncomfortable. Oh, it wouldn't be. I can't. Um, anyway, all of everything has been deleted except for his, like, I'm going to go away for a while post. Um, there was an apology post followed up by the post that he was going to go away for a while. And he was like, I heard Natalie Portman's telling the tabloids that we weren't together. We definitely dated. We were definitely together. Natalie Portman's like, no, but okay, sorry. <laughs> so... For all of you who are going to go to Moby's book tour, I'm very sorry, but he's going to go away for a while. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure Natalie Portman's very happy about that. I just, I find it so ironic that his book is entitled, Then It All Fell Apart. And because then it all fell apart. (laughs) Well, that or is he making like, and then the beat dropped reference. Like, I have questions, but I don't want to talk to Moby, so I'm never going to get the answer. Maybe he's he's not going on book tour now. Maybe he (laughs) didn't see the future and he knew this was going to happen, so that's why he titled it that. Oh, you would have thought he could have seen Natalie Portman being like, no. Nah, (laughs) Three chapters? That's what I'm saying. Chapters about a brief relationship with Natalie Portman. Like, Like, I'm going to need you to get over it, Moby. Like, he even admitted it was a brief relationship. Yeah. And he devoted three chapters to it. The other question is, if he devoted three chapters to that, how long is the rest of this book? That's a good point. what else is in it? (laughs) There's five chapters in the book and three chapters in this relationship. (laughs) With Natalie Portman that didn't exist. I wonder if that picture's in there. Chapter one is shooting the video for Southside with Gwen Stefani. And his relationship with Gwen Stefani. <laughs> That's the other chapter. Did he other also chapters. do a video with Christopher Walken? Am I making that up? So he was uh, in a relationship no, with that was, Walken. No, that was Fatboy Slim. That was Fatboy Slim. You're, you're totally right. Which is the best video on the planet. Yeah, but I always associate that song with Moby because it's also super annoying. I, I felt uncomfortable. Like... Her quote, I'm just yeah. like, oh, cringe. Like, <laughs> yeah. I cringed for both Natalie Portman and for Moby. A little bit. I was like, not necessarily sympathizing with Moby, but I'm like, this is this is awkward. Man. This is awkward. <laughs> well, and then to like turn around and post a picture, like, see, we dated, and it's like, okay, yeah. she doesn't want to be around you. You can tell, like, you are. Mm, she's not into that Moby. She's and just. Like, <laughs> and how delusional is he? Because like. He, even like, even like Natalie Portman was like, yeah, I knew him for a brief time, for like a hot second. And then Moby was like, even after our relationship, we were still good friends. And Natalie Portman at the same time is like, Moby who? It's a valid question because he only goes by Moby. <laughs> it's not like a Doctor Who thing. Moby who? Oh, uh, does he regenerate? Is, is that a title? Oh, Moby God. Please, Jesus, no. <laughs> I just, th- I just thought Moby, he stopped existing, and I was wrong. We're, we're on the 14th Moby. <laughs> <laughs> there, was, there was the war Moby. War Moby. <laughs> he was a whale at one point. Oh, God. Yes. We don't want to talk about that one, though. Nope. <laughs> I'm uncomfortable. So, <laughs> moving on from that, please. Please. <laughs> right. 
Last week, Disney held an open audition for Stormtrooper roles for Star Wars Galaxy Edge. Opens. Aww. Yeah. Opens. I missed it. Well, that's okay. I'm going to try that Stormtrooper. Aww. You stole my joke, by the way. <laughs> Sorry. Well, let me ask you this. How, how tall are you, Matt? Uh, almost six foot. Okay, so he's not too short for a stormtrooper because they are still <laughs> looking for stormtroopers. Uh, the description says you have to be five feet ten inches uh, to six feet tall with a slender athletic build. Unfortunately, I'm five nine, so I am actually a little too short to be a stormtrooper. <laughs> Same. Yeah, I'm much too short to be. A stormtrooper. <laughs> it's like you could have like somebody like on your shoulders, and then you could be. A stormtrooper. Oh yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> I'll just need to borrow a child. <laughs> or, or he could see if there are any openings for Ewoks. <laughs> you know what? I'm not even mad about it, except being in Florida in that Ewok costume and that heat, I would probably die. Well, it's so I'm not kill someone. It's California. Well, whatever. Helps. Doesn't matter. It's hot there. I'm not going. <laughs> even in an Ewok costume, especially in an Ewok costume. Sweaty just thinking about it. <laughs> That's not what Natalie Portman said. No! Oh! Someone should attack Moby in this episode. He's not doing anything else. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't want to be in his next book <laughs> and talk about all the fun times that we had. Post a picture with his arm around you. <laughs> nah, bro. Nah. Nah, bro. <laughs> so, um, Matt, let's... Uh, Let's get away from this, and um, I, I feel like I need a cold shower, but this next topic is going to instantly boil water? It does. So the SLAC, National Accelerator Laboratory, I'm ignoring the segue. <laughs> Safer you for really, all of us. You really should. Yeah. Uh, it's based at Stanford. They have created an underwater sound that is so loud that it instantly vaporizes water. Spoiler alert, it's the sound of my hiccups. <laughs> <laughs> Might be. Yeah. Um, they have used a powerful x-ray laser, and they blast tiny jets of water uh, with short pulses of high-frequency energy. And the basic result is, like, if you were to drop water onto a hot skillet and how they, like, bounce around and vaporize. It's kind of crazy to watch the little video... Um, as, you know, they have this stream of water and they blast it with this sound that separates the water. Kind of crazy, kind of wild, kind of scary. A little bit, yeah. In the wrong hands. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But Science is cool. And scary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 And plus, like, if we could, like, create this, like, commercially, like, because I don't know about you guys, but there are sometimes, oh. like, I hate waiting for water to boil. <laughs> We can make this happen. Let's speed up the process a little bit. Make a stove. I just had a really like ick thought, guys. So what if like somewhere down the road they like weaponize this? And don't worry, they you will. D- <laughs> I'm sure they will. But like you really hate somebody, and you're like, here, listen to this song. You pop headphones in their ear and just Whoa. blast them with this sound, and it just like vaporizes their brain. I like the way you think. <laughs> I don't. It's scary up here. Do you, do you want to write this science fiction movie after after the show tonight? Yes. yes. Sure. Because I'm all over that. Special effects are going to be 
gross. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because mm. would it affect just the brain or because the human body is like... 90% water? Yeah. I would think that just, it was... Yeah. Uh, like you the just whole like, body's just like... Yeah. Just turns into what's left of... Mush. Yeah. A mm. tiny little puddle. Mm. Mostly Tasty. bones. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> 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 so... Um, we're gonna we're gonna end the show tonight. We've got a couple of um, political stories. We we try not to be super political, but it happens sometimes. Um, the first one is actually it's something that I came across when I was getting my comic books yesterday, um, and like and I kind of went back and forth. I was like, do I want to get this? Do I not want to get this? It's five bucks, but eh. so um, Keen Spot they did a uh, parody of uh, Dark Knight's Metal. You mm-hmm. know the the Batman who laughs. Uh, but it's with Donald Trump, and it's the Donald who laughs. And I read it this afternoon. Oh my god! Yeah, and it's basically it's this Donald Trump, this quote unquote evil Donald Trump, who in this in this universe, I didn't realize that this was part of the series. Uh, in this universe, um, Donald Trump is uh, the leader of the Trump Titans, and they're a superhero force. Oh, yeah, and like the Space Force. Yes. Okay. <laughs> We're getting there. <laughs> wow. Um, but yeah, so so the Donald who laughs takes over, um, and yeah, and you get to see, yeah, you get a couple scenes with um, the Ooh. actual president in his briefs. No, that's nope. okay. I was all set. I did not need that. <laughs> but yeah, it does also um, guest star. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize those were like googly eyes. Yep. Oh my god. What is even happening? It right does now? also guest star uh, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez, AOC, if you will. Nice. Um, yeah, and which actually she is getting her own series through Keen Spot uh, in August. So that's that's gonna be fun. But yeah, and so um it's it's weird because like it's clearly a parody of a lot of different things, but it's like I don't know where they're coming from. <laughs> like Neither do they. Yeah. The most interesting <laughs> part the 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 back issue or the back cover is a um, full page ad for um, Andrew Yang who's running for president. Mm-hmm. It's kind of cool because like you don't really see that in comic books, especially mm-hmm. like I mean, granted, obviously this is a more politically charged comic book, but still, <laughs> yeah, you guys can borrow this if you want to. Mm-hmm. I'm good. I'll pass. I try to keep things with that name on them out of my home. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that's on sale now. So, I would say good to know, but I didn't need to know that. So, <laughs> um, Tabitha, we're going to end this. Uh, this actually, I wanted to bring this up a couple weeks ago, but we just we never did. Ted Cruz is doing too much. Yeah, I also wanted to bring this up a couple weeks ago, and then I forgot, and then I got reminded again, and then I just wanted to complain. So I'm gonna complain with you guys because it's my favorite place to complain. Aww. Um, speaking of complaining, Ted Cruz. complained to the CEO of Twitter that when they were highlighting his comments about the need for a space space force, um, it only featured tweets joking about his remarks, because I don't know if Ted Cruz doesn't know how the internet works, but whatever. Um, So Ted, Ted Cruz calls out the CEO of Twitter in this bizarre whatever tweet. Chris... Hayes responds back and says, this is the saddest tweet I've ever seen. And he's not wrong. And Ted Cruz, forever eloquent, responds back with, 
may space pirates devour your liver. Black flag, black flag emoji. (laughs) We live in a world where our politicians are telling people to have, but are telling reporters to have their livers devoured by space pirates. Which, to backtrack a little bit, that's why he, like, space pirates, that's why he's agreeing that we need a space force. Because there are space pirates out there, and if we don't get to them first, they're going to get to us. Because I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna quote Yar. Ted Cruz, and I'm gonna hate myself for it. Um, he started this like whole thing out, um, sounding like he was educated and he almost knew what he was talking about, and then it just kind of, uh. I know, right? And then it just went south so fast. Okay. So, since ancient Greeks first put to sea, nations have recognized the necessity of naval forces and maintaining a superior capability to protect waterborne travel and commerce from bad actors. That's where that's where the logic stops. You guys ready? Okay. <laughs> Pirates threaten the open seas, and the same is possible in space. In this same way, I believe we too must now recognize the necessity of a space force to defend the nation and to protect space commerce and civil space exploration. So what happened was Donald Trump was like, let me kind of make a joke on accident. Let me think about how I could brand this with my Trump brand when we need a space force and I'm going to make like little Donald ships. And Ted Cruz was like, I know you kind of said that my dad might have had something to do with this assassination of JFK, but I think you're the best. I'm back to Space Force. It's like that's the thing he's latched onto, and I don't know why. Like, why that? Why is that the thing you're like, gimme, gimme, gimme? Like, why? <laughs> I get it. You're Ted Cruz. You don't got a lot going on for you. But like, why is that the thing? Why? Like the guy made like the president literally made fun of his wife and now he's like he's always right. <laughs> Space pirates. <laughs> Why? Why? Like I just wish I was in another country and could like look at the United States and like poke and laugh, but unfortunately I'm here and I'm being poked and laughed at and I don't like it. <laughs> Uh, I don't want to live on this planet anymore, but then there might be space pirates. (laughs) But they might have space rum. It's okay. That's true. (laughs) Is the space rum always gone? No. I was going to make a gargle blaster joke, but I I just, I, well, God. I want to know what his basis is for... The existence of space pirates. Because they think China is going to launch something into the space so we can't get past it. They're going to, like, put up, like, a little Tony Stark border, like, we should have listened to Iron Man thing, like, holding the world together, and then we're not going to be able to get out there and privatize space. That's what they're worried about. They're worried about, like, privatizing space. The end. Don't you mean piratizing space? Shut up, Mitchell. <laughs> <laughs> also, they're saying all space pirates are going to be Chinese? Evidently, I don't know. I, I just, I can't. Like, I feel like we have been being punked for, like, years. And no, like, where's Ashton Kutcher? Like, is he going to jump out and be like, kidding? Like, when does that happen? I'm waiting. Never thought I'd be waiting on him for anything. Sadly, <laughs> he's been more serious than a lot of these Politicians nowadays, like, I don't know what's happening. I feel like I'm in a bad dollar bin, like, science fiction fantasy novel that someone wrote and some stupid company published, and then they were like, oh, this won't sell, and they put it on all the clearance racks for a dollar. Like, that's where I feel like I'm living, and I don't like it. Filmed in somebody's garage. Yes! (laughs) 
don't want to live here anymore. I don't like it. I well, just, I just become a space pirate then. And you won't have to live here anymore. I can't. I'm not Chinese. <laughs> I'm too American. They wouldn't take me. <laughs> You're short enough, though. <laughs> you can't be a stormtrooper, but you can be a space pirate. I would make a great space pirate, I think. I can see it. Yeah. I can totally yeah. see it. Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> Except for the whole, you know, deep seated fear of the open. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That would need to be, like, medicated the entire time. In space, no one can hear you yar. <laughs> Gone. <laughs> I just want to point out, I haven't had one of those in a while. I think you've had the last couple. I think I probably have. That sounds like me. <laughs> sounds like we need a couple after that last time. <laughs> <laughs> How do I shame Bill Ted Cruz? Um, I am not putting him on my list either. Yeah, I'm not letting you type his name into your phone because you'll get so many weird ads. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember the last one we said something about was, but I'm not putting his in there either. <laughs> Maybe just put, like, a T so that, like, we know, but, like, you didn't actually put his name on there. So I feel like he deserves shame. But then, if the, at the end of the year, he's the person with the least shames? Technically, it would still be not Seth. Oh, because he has a half a shame. Yeah. He has a quarter of shame. Oh. Yeah, put him on there. <laughs> <laughs> mean, uh, make it official. <clears throat> oh. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's for you, Teddy Boy. Oh. Someone tag Ted Cruz. He's not doing anything either. <laughs> Do we really want that tagged on our page? On our yeah, we don't need yes. that. Yes. Do you know how funny that would be? <laughs> You're not wrong. So, That's how we garner our That's how we go viral. That's how we go viral. <laughs> but then Ted Cruz is going to be upset with us for making fun of him. Ted Cruz needs to get used to it if Ted Cruz is going to continue to be Ted Cruz. Okay? <laughs> and he's going to tell us that he hopes that our livers get eaten by space pirates. Black pirate flag. Black pirate flag. <laughs> <laughs> Forgot about the skull and crossbones. Well, it's on that black pirate flag. Oh, okay. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. All right, so that's all the time we have for this episode of The Geek Awakens. Uh, We'll be back next week, but in the meantime, we'll be posting news on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, So be sure to follow us there. While you're there, give us some feedback and tell us what cool stuff we're missing out on. From all of us at The Geek Awakens, thanks for listening, and we hope we'll be back next week. Everybody, say Space Pirates. Bye. (laughs) Bye.